Welcome to Anti-Aging Insights, where age is a state of mind and aging is a treatable condition. And now, here is your host, Dr. Terry Fisher. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. So great to have you here. I am super excited to introduce you to my guest this week. This week, I have Lisa Krauss, or otherwise known as the Bitchin' Beautician on Instagram. And she is a no-nonsense person who has 25 years of experience in the medical aesthetic industry. She comes on the podcast today to talk a little bit about clinics and what patients should be looking for in a clinic when they choose to get their services done there. We talk a little bit about the education of the providers. We talk a little about the overall experience. We even talk a little bit about pricing of treatments. And Lisa, as she always does, gives us her no-nonsense answers to these questions. Let me tell you just a little bit more about Lisa before I bring her on. She brings honesty, expertise, humor, and a plethora of industry skills to her patients and her clients. She's worked alongside top laser surgeons, aesthetic physicians, leading dermatologists. She's held positions in almost every area of the industry. During her career, she's treated thousands of patients, worked with hundreds of clinics, and she's managed numerous aesthetic teams. She started Vanity Empire Consulting in 2013 and is now obsessed with supporting her clients in building highly successful cosmetic practices. You may also recognize her from her educational podcast, The Aesthetic Coaches Quarter. And uh, let's get right to the interview. Without any further ado, I'm super excited to welcome Lisa, otherwise known as Lise, or better known as the Bitchin' Beautician. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. It is absolutely fantastic to have you here. Thanks for joining me and all the listeners. I'm, I'm honored and thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. We met at a conference recently, and I was blown away by your presentation, your no-nonsense approach to anything, and I'm excited to have you share your ton of knowledge with the listeners about really we're going to get into what makes a great clinic and what patients can look for when they're choosing a clinic. Before we get to that, though, I'd love if you could just take a few moments here and maybe just introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about your background. Of course. So uh, my actual name is Lisa Krause. Everybody calls me the bitch and beautician. And so just to clarify, I'll answer to that, though, for sure. Um, so Amazing. I have been in the beauty industry right out of high school, actually. Uh, went into cosmetology, so hair and skin and makeup and nails and all, all the fun stuff. And... I did that for a couple of years. And then in 1998, way long time ago, <laughs> I met Dr. David Will, who owned Midwest Laser Surgery Centers. And he was an otorhinolaryngologist and he kind of brought the laser business or aesthetic medicine to Western Canada, Saskatchewan, Alberta, one of the pioneers along with a few others. And so I met him and he hired based on, you know, who he could train really, because there was no schools to go to back then. There was no hybrid of the med spa. It didn't even exist at that point. And so got hired on. And the first thing I saw was a CO2 laser, which was pretty intense for my first treatment that I saw, Sure, but um, had to step outside the room for a minute, felt a little lightheaded and thought I better start with chem peels and laser hair removal. <laughs> and so it was really great. By the end of two days of shadowing, I 
asked him if I could be on the payroll and bought a couple pairs of scrubs and started. It was really interesting. A lot of people would ask, how did you get to work here? How did you get this position? And so then kind of 10 years of working with him and then got into uh, co-developing some laser programs at a couple of the schools to start teaching and went into dermatology. So it's been a long a long run, but loved in, in clinic and patient care. But my passion, I think, comes where it's helping clinics with practice management and business development and really focusing on the patient experience and how we can make it better for patients because there's a lot of competition out there now. There's lots of different med spas and lots of options for patients. And so, you know, we want to get them going to the right facilities because not everybody's the same. That's for sure. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> for sure. So I'm curious about that transition. How did you transition from doing the care to more of a consulting role with regards to the business? So I had done patient care for years and of course was really connected with all of the reps. A lot of the docs would have me do the meetings with the sales reps first and get the information. And as they are in Durham, very busy. So I would get that information. And so I ended up getting to really know and have great relationships with sales reps. And so how the initial consulting piece started to bridge was I'd have sales reps say, you know what, I've got a doc that's interested in this device. You've used it for years. Would you mind talking to them a little bit about how you've done in clinic and how you've built your clientele and what the benefits are? And so it kind of started that way and then formally started a consulting company, which is Vanity Empire Consulting in 2013. I thought I might as well do this as a job. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. And here you are now. You're right beautician. Now. Yeah. Uh, giving advice to everybody. And like I said, your presentation was amazing. And I can speak on behalf of other people that were there with my team. We were all very impressed. So oh, thank you here so you much. are. And let's get into the, the topic at hand here. So love you've it. worked with a ton of clinics and uh, been able to advise clinics. I'm sure you've seen a lot, a lot of different ways of doing things. Uh, well, let's get right to it. How does a patient decide where to go? What are the things that you would suggest that they should look like? I would say I always try and put myself in the patient's shoes and it has served me well to do that for years. If I was a patient, what I would look for, knowing what I know being on the other side of things, I would say patients are looking for wow factor results. So places that carry really great products, places that carry really great lasers and devices so that you can get those wow factor outcomes. That is only part of it. You also want to make sure that you're going somewhere that the individuals that are doing the treatment are educated and skilled and keep up with education. There's one thing to do education once and get into it and never do anything again, because that also comes into the safety profile, which I know that you're big on and speak a lot about is safety for patients and advocate for patient safety in our industry. And because there's so many choices, I think, you know, as a patient, you need to do your due diligence. And so you need to make sure that credentials are really important for where you're going. And not only that, you want to get your best bang for your buck as a patient. So you want to go where they're going to do a long-term comprehensive plan for you to get results. You don't want to go somewhere where they're just selling a one-off or somewhere that's really discounted because there's a place to cut the budget and your face is not one of them. So you want to make sure that you, you know, it's great to do a package or get some savings by 
interesting ways to do that. Lots of different things, whether it's memberships, packages, but you really want to build a good relationship. And I think a lot for patients is to go with your gut. If there's something telling you that it's very high pressure or you're not comfortable, you need to connect with that service provider because the relationships in this industry are built on trust. So you're oftentimes on the other end advising the clinics. Yes. I'm curious, how does a clinic show that those are priorities, the things that you just spoke about are priorities to the clinic. And then once the clinic is doing that, I guess then we can look at it from the other side. How does the patient know that that is a priority of the clinic? Yeah. Um, That question makes sense? Yes, absolutely. So the first part of that kind of tackles the, you know, what clinics can do and patients want to know third-party validation. They want to know testimonials. They want social proof. They want to see great before and afters. You can say you're the best all day long, but who says so besides you? That's what patients care about, right? And so I think it's a lot of posting on your social media. The biggest platforms in our industry are Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Those are our top leaders. Sometimes they won't even go to your website. Your website needs to be fantastic and showcase you as an expert, but on your social media, it's great. They get to know you. They feel like they know you and featuring different products and treatments before and afters and really your team. So getting to showcase your team members so that people kind of know you before they come in and they have that decision to make, whether they're checking out you and then they go to your website, it kind of gives that Um, lead generation. And then they start deciding, you know, have they been to courses? Are they posting that they just went to a conference? Are they getting that cutting edge technology? Because that's what patients want. They want the latest and greatest. They want to be able to trust. And so those things I think are showing them via social media. Um, You know, you got to get out there and really showcase your key points of differentiation between you and the competition. That's interesting. The whole social media piece Because I've seen some clinics or some clinicians that have extremely polished Instagram profiles, for example, where everything, everything is so finely curated on their posts. And then we see some that are more casual, just kind of people chatting. Do you have a preference in terms of how do you advise people to, to curate their social media profiles to connect with the patients? Great question. And I think you have to be authentic. So for me, My brand is the bitch and beautician. I couldn't be more straightforward in my logo. The T is a witch's broom. I couldn't be more straightforward on what you're going to get. And so what you need to do is lead with authenticity because if you're polished and perfect and everything on your social media and they get in and you drop the odd curse word and people are like, Oh, this is not what your social media looks like. Or if you, you know, have beautiful social media pictures and they walk into what looks like a clinic that is a dumpster fire and a walk-in clinic that's got beat up walls and stuff like that, but you're really polished on social media, those two things really need to connect. And so I would say authenticity. So if you're more casual than laid back, that's great. I mean, don't be so casual and laid back that your scrubs are full of cat hair and you've got a messy bun and, you know, we're selling beauty. So you need to look the part. I think that's great. You are a perfect example, I think, of authenticity because when you look at you and the way you come across and I love like just even your, even your, your decoration in the room you're sitting in, the, the bright lipstick behind you uh, on the wall and, and you know what you're going to get and your, your presentation was exactly what I would have expected to get from you. And so I think that's a great example. So I'm thinking like for me personally, 
I tend to be more laid back. And that's sort of, I think, what I'm doing with it's my Instagram. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's really interesting. And so I think it's a way for patients to connect. The other thing that you mentioned that I want to touch a little bit more on, because I know this is something that patients are very aware of, is the pricing. And so yes. sometimes patients will see, uh, you know, Botox for whatever it is, $8 a unit or something, something uh, which would be considered quite a good value. What do you say to those patients that are searching for that cheapest price? So bargain basement Botox is not going to, you know, it's like, oh, I got this really good deal. My eyelids slammed shut because they didn't know what they were doing, but I got this really great deal. Um, think when you are searching for a deal, um, everybody wants to get the best bang for their buck, like we mentioned, but I would always question why. It's like, why is this so cheap? Like, are you brand new? It, it would always make me question, what are you injecting? What is the reconstitution of what you're injecting? Because there's not a lot of transparency in clinics, and I commend the clinics that do the education with patients to say, you know, this is what I'm using. It's a double-edged sword though, because we've educated the general mm -hmm. public. Sometimes patients will come in and say, okay, well, I need 30 units of, you know, Dysport. And it's like, okay, so thank you for that. Um, I will do your dosing for you. <laughs> so we've educated them so much so that, you know, it's like, well, I know that I get this many units and I usually spend this much. To me, I think if it is too cheap, it should be a red flag for patients to question why it is. I'm all about a good deal. And what I think patients should look for is packaging. I mean, there's three key pillars to skin health, and that's going to be your injectables. That's going to be your products and then your devices. And so with those three key pillars to look your very best, they work synergistically together. And so combination therapy is going to be what you're looking for. So I would say it's going to be a red flag for the patient if it's too cheap, but also on the other side of things, because I'm sure you've got a ton of listeners that are clinic as well. And I would say somebody looking for a deal, a patient that's really hard up and looking for a deal, they're also a red flag patient to be in your office, right? Because we're trying to curate these amazing treatment plans to get the patient the very best result that we can. And if somebody's like, nope, I only have budgeted for $150 worth of Botox and I want my full upper face done. That's setting everybody up for failure. So the patient's going to be pissed because they're not going to get what they want. And the service, they're going to say, well, that didn't even work. And the service provider is not going to be able to do a great job because that's what's in your budget. The service provider that is ethical would say, you know what, I could maybe do your crow's feet, or I could maybe do a lip flip or something like that within your budget. Or, you know, maybe it's the best to use skincare if your budget is a little bit smaller, because, you know, as a service provider, they're coming into us and we're touching their skin every 30, 60, 90, 120 days when they're coming in for treatment, depending on what you're doing for them. They're at home washing their face, hopefully morning and night, we hope, right? And so they're touching their skin about 60 times a month. They can do far more with some of the amazing products that we have, medical grade products. They can get a great bang for their buck if they do have a smaller budget. So, you know, non-negotiables, I would say would be product and peels for patients listening to us today. Uh, product and peels, you can do a lot with that. But if you want to go the Mac Daddy, you can do good, better, best. So really good is product and peels. Even better is adding some injectables. The best is when you're going to do all three of those key pillars of skin health and you're going to do combination therapy. And so that's not 
cheap, but it's a great investment. It's your face. We eat healthy for our bodies. And there's so much with health and wellness now that the issue is when you take care of your body and everything and you don't take care of your face, you don't want to be somebody who's, you know, looks like their face doesn't match their hot bod, right? Right, right. No, it makes a lot of sense. You know, because this is something that I think all clinics are at some point are having a discussion about what they should charge. For yes. us and for me personally, again, we'll use the example cost of Botox. I don't see it just as being the cost of the Botox. I see it as the whole consultation yes. and, and the years of education that I've put into studying medicine and understanding uh, the anatomy and understanding the subtleties of which product to use and that sort of thing. And so I once heard a quote, and I'm, I'm probably misquoting this now, but it was something along the lines of, you know, you're paying not for the time of the treatment, you're paying for the 10, 20 years of education that I've put into to do this safely, effectively, and to give you the best results. And that I think is really what patients should be thinking about. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. The product is only one portion and it really is. So is somebody who would be charging upwards of that 11, 12, 13, $15 and being in, you know, a space that is massive education behind them. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for the skill set, And so that's where, when I said, you know, when it's too cheap, you want to question, is this person new and trying to build a clientele? Because that does happen. I think education, taking your first initial course, amazing. I think that you need to develop your talent and become obsessed with education because it's only going to benefit the patient in the end. So I couldn't agree more. If you are looking at those dollars, that's where you really need to go to the social media to see how much they're doing on clinic. They can show you before and afters that are really great, but that's only one piece of the puzzle, that education, that constant upkeep. And that's expensive. Patients need to know that the reason you're paying premium is some of the courses that we go to are thousands of dollars to even mm -hmm. attend that course. And that's why not everybody goes to courses. And that's why some folks right. are charging what they're charging. The education that's a really good for point. us is hugely expensive and the products are expensive. Yep. It is one of the most expensive industries to be in. So with my clients, when they're getting into it and they're saying, okay, I'm super excited to get into this medical aesthetic field. You can't just dip a toe in the fun pool of aesthetics and take one course and think you're going to be good or think you're going to be making a whole bunch of money. This industry is costly. And so that's one thing that, you know, both patients don't realize and people getting into the space don't realize it takes a lot of money in this industry to make money. So I'm curious, what do you advise the clinicians that are getting into it that are new to it? Because everybody starts at some place and not everybody has that experience when they're first starting. So how do they then develop that relationship with patients when they are new? Amazing question. We, on the Aesthetic Coaches Quarter podcast, we did newbies getting into the industry. And because there's so many new people coming into the space, my suggestion would be when you take that first course, you need to practice on someone, right? Like for me, if I was getting into it and I was a nurse injector, the first thing I would do is I would you know, friends and family, okay, team, thanks for supporting me. I need some before and afters. I want to, you know, do your practicing and whatnot on folks that know you, love you, trust you, and really make sure that you're 
not cocky because you want to take that education. It's when you start being wild, wild west is when you get into trouble. And so you want to respect your knowledge. And that goes right down to which course to take. There's tons of people doing training courses out there. So if you're Mm -hmm. new getting into this industry, please connect with me. I know a lot of the educators in the space and I can point you to the ones that are you know, brand new and then starting to teach others like a fourth grader telling the third grader how the world works. We got a lot of that in this industry. And so, you know, starting with that. And then for me, it wouldn't just be, and I know there's a lot of people getting into the industry like nurses. They want to get in and do injectables. I think if you're going to get into this industry and really know about it, you need to take as much anatomy as you can. You need to carry product. You need to carry devices. You can't just be a one hit wonder and do talks and filler. Because your patients need more than that. And so I would say getting as much education as you can and then building that relationship development, letting them know, you know, I just came off of this course. I got some really great feedback. I've been doing some mentoring with Dr. Fisher, uh, things like that, where you are upfront about your skill set and how long you've been doing things and reference your education. I think those things are important because you're right. We do need to start somewhere. I remember when I was first into this and everybody was asking me, well, how did you get to do this? What schooling did you go to? Because people want to know. And so Mm -hmm. I was always mortified to say like, oh, I was on job trained, but that's only because there was no school to go to. So I get the same training as all the docs that buy this device. You know, I was like, I can't wait till I've been in it three years. And now I can't wait till I've been in it 10 years. And now it's like, I've been in it for 25 plus years. (laughs) So I get it. So you need to start somewhere. But those are some tips I think I would give for somebody new. That's perfect. Oh, that's great. Well, hey, I appreciate your time so much. I don't want to take up any more of your time. You are a wealth of knowledge. I always have so much fun chatting with you. And, <laughs> Likewise. Uh, I'm just so appreciative that you took the time. Before I let you go, though, I need you to share with the audience where they can go to get a hold of you, uh, your website, and any other stuff that you want to share because uh, you have a ton of great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Fisher. So I can be reached contact wise at the bitch and beautician, which is T H E. B-I-T-C-H-N, beautician. And to get to my website, it is vanityempireconsulting.com. Amazing. Thank you again so much. It's great to chat with you. We'll have to do this again sometime in the near future as well. We absolutely uh, will. And again, thank you so much. I love your platform. I love what you're doing in the industry to educate patients and really there's so many podcasts around educating the, you know, what I do is educating people in clinic, but what you're doing is educating the end user and the patients. And I think that is absolutely remarkable. And there's lots of great information. And I love that you're a truth teller. And I love that you get some great folks in here and you bring people in to really help our industry. So thank you so much for elevating our industry with everything that you're doing and your skill set and your amazing team that you work with. So my pleasure and an honor to be here. So thank you so much. I appreciate that as well. Thanks so much to you, the listener, for tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the bitch and beautician, Lisa Krause. She's incredible. I love chatting with her every time. We have so much fun. And boy, does she ever have a wealth of knowledge. I encourage you to follow her on Instagram, as she mentioned. And uh, feel free to reach out to her for sure if you've got any questions about clinics, how you can choose a clinic, and if you are a clinician, then 
please feel free to reach out to her because she is a wealth of knowledge, as you can hear, in terms of setting up your practices and advising you on best ways to really excel in providing first-rate services to your patients. Thanks again to you, Lisa, and I look forward to chatting with you very soon. To you, the listener, as always, thank you for tuning in. If you have enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it out. And as always, reviews on your favorite podcast player are greatly appreciated. For more information on my personal approaches to my uh, aesthetic practice, feel free to check out my website at drterryfisher.com or of course, feel free to book an appointment with me at antiagingvancouver.com. Until next time, take care, be well. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Anti-Aging Insights. Stay tuned to discover more of the latest news, treatments, technologies, and developments in non-surgical cosmetic and anti-aging medicine. For more inspiration, to access the show notes, or to book an appointment with Dr. Fisher, Dr. Frame, or any of the other anti-aging professionals, please visit our website at antiagingvancouver.com. Until next time, stay inspired and live life well.